So it seems that the San Francisco 49ers have made their decision and are going to go with third overall pick from last year, Trey Lance as quarterback one this year. And it sounds like they're going to look to move Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of the 2022 NFL season. As we know, the preseason games are finally starting to kick off this week. And Jimmy Garoppolo, as of right now, is still a member of the 49ers. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the best quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo has a lot of flaws in his game. We've seen it time and time again. But Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. And he's a quarterback that, you know, when he's under center, you kind of know what you're going to get with Jimmy. You're going to get a guy, doesn't turn the ball over a ton, makes some smart decisions, can win games, but isn't going to elevate you over the top. Jimmy's got to have a lot right around him to succeed. We saw that in New England in those two games that he started in place of Tom Brady, and we've seen that now in San Francisco. A lot, in my opinion, has to be right around Jimmy G to have success with him under center. But my opinion on what's going on in San Francisco right now is that I believe Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are making a mistake moving off from Jimmy G. I look at Trey Lance as a guy that has a lot of skill sets, but is going to struggle in the National Football League. I see a guy that hasn't played in three years, is now being asked to take a Super Bowl contender over the top in his first year starting. I think the move to trade three first-round picks and move up to get him is going to ultimately be a move that the Niners regret. You got a guy under center who you've gone to a Super Bowl with, who you've gone to a conference championship with, and a guy who you have made the playoffs with multiple times. Trey Lance, to me, is not the answer over Jimmy Garoppolo. If I were the head coach in San Francisco, I would stick with what I know. I know if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I can win games with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know that I can win games with Trey Lance. I don't know what Trey Lance is going to give me week to week. I don't know what I have in this guy long term. I know what I have in Jimmy. I have a guy that I can get to a conference championship with. I have a guy that I can come within one or two plays of winning a Super Bowl with. I've been there. I've done it. Why rock that boat? If I'm the Niners, I stick it out with Jimmy. He's got another year on his contract. He's on the books. You know your cap situation. He knows the system. He knows the playbook like the back of his hand. He knows the teammates. He knows where guys are going to be and when they're going to be there. If I was the Niners, I'd squeeze every little bit of juice out that I have left in Jimmy, and I'd roll with what I know, and I'd roll with what I know I can have success with, and I would roll with the guy that's been there and done that, not the guy I'm still trying to learn things about. I don't think the Niners are in a position right now to be trying to figure things out. I think they're in a position to knock the Rams off, to knock off the Buccaneers, to knock off the Cowboys or whoever else is going to stand in their way and go on another Super Bowl run like they did just three years ago. But if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get traded, here's two teams that pop into the top of my head that I believe should be all in on Garoppolo. The first one I'll say is the Giants. They're kind of my 1B. The Giants, I think, should be in on Jimmy Garoppolo because I think Brian Dayball... You see what he did with Josh Allen? I think he would do wonders for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think he could get a little bit out of Jimmy Garoppolo and get any little bit of success he could possibly have. I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be a good QB1 for the New York Giants under Brian Dayball. I think he would run the offense that Brian Dayball wants to run very well. I don't think he'd have Josh Allen's success, but I think he would have a lot of success in a Brian Dayball offense. And I think the New York Giants 
would be a good fit for Jimmy Garoppolo, especially if they plan on competing in the NFC East this year. I just don't know what their plans are with Daniel Jones. I don't know what their plans are going into next year's draft. I don't know if they're trying to win this year or if this is kind of a tank year and, you know, look to the future. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a fit with Brian Dayball, the new head coach, who did wonders for Josh Allen's career. I'm thinking what kind of wonders could he do for Jimmy Garoppolo and any little bit of skill or ounce of success that Jimmy Garoppolo has in him, I wonder if Brian Dayball could just just squeeze a little bit more. But my 1A, if I were the Seattle Seahawks, I would trade a first-round pick to San Francisco and get Jimmy. It's a tough trade for the Niners to make in the division. I doubt they want to play Jimmy Garoppolo twice a year. And with the weapons that the Seahawks have, Jimmy Garoppolo could have just as much success, I think, in Seattle as he did in San Francisco you know, questioning what the offensive line in Seattle looks like. And I don't know how good the defense is going to be, but with the weapons that they have in Seattle, especially with DK Metcalf leading the way, I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be a great fit for the Seahawks. And if the Seahawks want any little bit of chance of contending in the NFC West this year, and they want any little bit of chance to try and win football games this year, Jimmy Garoppolo gives them an opportunity to have a franchise quarterback for at least the next three or four years that you can rely on, a franchise quarterback that you can win football games with. And I think Pete Carroll would be a great fit for Jimmy. I know he's a defensive coach, but if they had a good offensive coordinator, and I think it would give Pete Carroll, he'd be a little more at ease knowing that whatever coaching he has left in the NFL, that he can win football games, that he has a good quarterback under center. And I know a first-round pick is probably a hefty price to pay for Jimmy Garoppolo. But I know for a fact that if he's healthy and he plays the whole year, that they're going to win football games. And that's not going to be a top six or seven pick in this year's draft. Because I think the Seahawks, with Jimmy, could compete in the NFC West. They can win football games, potentially look at a wild card, because I don't think the NFC is very loaded this year. The only teams in the NFC that I'm like, holy shit, they're really good, are the Buccaneers and are the Rams. And then after that, I wonder, the Packers are still going to be a playoff team with Aaron Rodgers. I think the Cowboys and the Eagles are playoff teams. After that, why couldn't the Seahawks compete with the 49ers with a rookie quarterback? Why couldn't they compete with the Cardinals who you don't know what you're getting week to week? You're getting a 7-0 and team and then a 5-7 and team over the next 12 weeks. Why couldn't the Seahawks do that with Jimmy? Why couldn't they secure a wild card position? They're not going to win the division over the Rams. Why couldn't they get a wild card over the 49ers and over the, the Cardinals or over the Eagles or over whoever else in the, in the NFC? If I'm the Seahawks, I'm all in on a Jimmy Garoppolo trade. And if the Niners say we want your first round pick because we're doing it within division, I would have no problem with that. So the other day I did a list with the NFL on top five coaches on the hot seat. Top five coaches on the hot seat who I thought had to perform or make the playoffs or go on a, on a playoff run to secure their jobs for the 2023 season or seek a long-term extension from their organization. The top five list I would like to do this week on this episode is I would like to do a top five list of players who I think have to perform this season in the NFL. These five players have to perform They have to have good seasons. They have to show their team promise in order to secure a job long-term or to get that a contract extension or to make top dollar in the NFL. And if they don't perform, I wonder what kind of roles they have in the future, whether that's with the team they're currently on or whether that's with a new team 
heading into 2023 and beyond. So at number five, I have Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has to perform this season. Baker Mayfield has to win the starting job in Carolina week one. And Baker Mayfield has to show the Carolina Panthers that he can be the quarterback of the future. Because if he doesn't show them that, and he has an off year, and the Panthers go to Matt Corral partway through the season, who was the third-round pick this past draft, who is showing a lot of promise in training camp, who a lot of people, after seeing him practice with the Panthers, are very high on, Baker might find himself in a situation where he's a free agent next offseason, and you saw the trade market for Baker. It was down to two or three teams, maybe. He might ultimately find himself as a backup quarterback in 2023 if he doesn't perform. This, I think, is make or break for Baker Mayfield in his NFL career. Because if he doesn't perform, if he doesn't show the Panthers promise, if he doesn't put up a fighting chance for the Panthers to get into the playoffs or to show that he can be the franchise quarterback in Carolina, it's going to be tough for Baker Mayfield and his agent to sell to NFL teams that he can be the guy on any NFL team providing the market he just had where he had one or two or three suitors at most and he was traded for a fifth-round pick. That kind of tells you already what the league thinks of Baker Mayfield, and I think it's put-up-or-shut-up time for him. At number four, it's Carson Wentz of the Washington Commanders. Carson Wentz, I think, has a lot of talent. I think Carson Wentz has the potential to be a franchise quarterback. I think Carson Wentz has the skill set that makes you attracted to him as a franchise quarterback, that makes you want to root for him. But the only problem with Carson Wentz is obviously health and inconsistency. You don't know what you're getting week to week with Carson Wentz. One week you're getting a guy that's going to throw three touchdowns and 300 yards and you're gonna, he's going to cruise to victory under center. Then you get a guy where you're like, what the hell was that? You don't know what you're getting with Carson Wentz week to week. And I think Carson Wentz now on his third team in the last three years was benched with the Eagles two years ago in favor of Jalen Hurts was just dumped by the Indianapolis Colts because they didn't feel like they could win with him. Now finds himself on the Commanders, back in the NFC East. They think that this is the guy that they can win with, and they have put a lot of faith in Carson Wentz to get them into the playoffs and put them over the hump. I had Ron Rivera on the hot seat last week on that list. The reason he's on that hot seat is because of Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz does not perform and does not play a high level of football to get the commanders into the playoffs, him and Ron Rivera are going to pay that price in Washington and they will both be out of jobs. And then I wonder what's next for Carson Wentz because I don't think, like Baker Mayfield, I don't think it'll be as a starter in his next destination, whether that's Washington or somewhere else. Number three, and you could probably put him higher or you could put this guy lower. I got Jared Goff on the Lions. The Lions are a team that I think has a lot of excitement internally because of who their coach is and what he represents. They've had a few good draft picks the last couple years, and I think they're a young team that is on the rise. The one question with the Lions, because we know they have a coach they want to play for, they have a coach that hypes them up, the city of Detroit and the Lions love Dan Campbell. They're hyped over some of the young players they drafted. But the question in Detroit is, who is going to be the guy under center long term? And obviously they made the trade from with Matthew Stafford to send him to the Rams. And they acquired Jared Goff. And Jared Goff was a guy that's played in the Super Bowl. He was a former first overall pick. When Jared Goff came in the NFL, we thought the Rams were going to have success over the next decade with him. Four or five years in, he finds himself in another organization in Detroit. I'm wondering with Jared Goff, 
what kind of faith the organization has in him, what kind of faith the coaching staff or the front office has in him as a franchise quarterback. Do they think they can win with this guy long-term? Do they think he can recreate some of that magic he had in L.A. and guide the Lions to a playoff berth and win a playoff game for the first time in a million years, it feels like? Jared Goff is the guy under center we're not quite sure about. We're not quite sure what the Lions, as they look to push forward and improve on a year-to-year basis, is this the guy that they want under center guiding the ship for the next five years? Right now, if I had to answer that question, I would say no. But it's up to Jared Goff to prove otherwise and show the football world that, yes, he is that guy. Yes, he is that first overall pick. Yes, he is that guy that took the Rams to a Super Bowl in 2018. Jared Goff's got a lot of pressure to perform and to show that he can still be a franchise quarterback in the NFL because like Baker Mayfield and like Carson Wentz, the clock's ticking, and I don't know what would be next for him if he can't show that this coming NFL season. At number two, I got Tua Tungvaluwa of the Miami Dolphins. I think Tua has to win a playoff game this year. Tua has to go on a playoff run. Tua has to show that he was the projected first overall pick before it was ultimately Joe Burrow. He has to show that he was the guy that the Dolphins should have taken over Justin Herbert, who went sixth one pick later to the Chargers. There's a lot of pressure on Tua because the other two guys in his draft class are showing it. We look at Justin Herbert and we know he's an elite quarterback. We know that if the Chargers are going to win a Super Bowl, it can be with him under center. We know that Joe Burrow is a future MVP, and we know that Joe Burrow is going to be a franchise quarterback for the next decade. We know that the Bengals can win a Super Bowl. We don't know that about Tua. We don't really know what Tua is because one week he plays pretty good, and then the next week he's not good, and then the next week he's injured. This is the year with Tyree Kill, with Jalen Waddle, with Mike Gusecki, with a new offensive head coach. This is the year that Tua has to take that step and take that leap and show us that he can be a franchise quarterback because the Dolphins are trying to win right now. They've spent the money. They've made the trades. They're trying to win right now. And if they don't, there's one guy in Miami that's going to pay the price, and that's Tua. This is Tua's year to shine. If he doesn't, it's going to be somebody else's job next season. It won't be Tua's. They're going to look to move on. They're going to look for another guy. If he wants to be the Dolphins quarterback, he has to win games now and has to make the playoffs and has to go on a run. Or else it'll be somebody else's job if the statistics and the play are not there. Number one, and I feel like this is an obvious one, and I don't have faith that this guy's going to secure his job long-term. He has a new head coach in Brian Dayball, but Daniel Jones has to perform this NFL season. If Daniel Jones does not play well, If Daniel Jones does not have success, and you know what, quite frankly, I mentioned this earlier, Daniel Jones might not even be the guy in two weeks, let alone in two months or two years. Because if they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, which I believe they have interest, it's not even going to be Daniel Jones' job to begin with. But Daniel Jones' days in New York are very numbered. And if he doesn't show under Brian Dable, under an offensive head coach, that he can be the guy, I don't think the Giants are even going to wait till midseason to make that change. They might look to somebody else midway through the season. They might look to free agency. They might look to a trade. They might do numerous things. There's numerous options probably out there for the New York Giants. But Daniel Jones' days in New York are very numbered. And like the rest of them, I don't know what's next. Because I look at Daniel Jones from day one, the day the Giants selected him sixth overall. I've said from the day they took him, even from when he was in college, this is a backup quarterback in the NFL. And the Giants have put faith in him 
to be the franchise quarterback. They put faith in a backup caliber quarterback to be their franchise guy. And under a new GM, under a new head coach, Daniel Jones is not their guy. So how long does he last under center with the Giants if he gets out to a slow start and doesn't perform? I don't know. 